Hello, y'all. We are back for another recording. The episode is called Did TV Make My Child Autistic? I'm really excited to dive into this today. Where did this come from? Well, yesterday, literally yesterday, I had this inspired idea. I'm trying to show up in my life when I feel inspired to do something to do it because what I realize is when there's that alignment, it creates so much more energy, so much higher quality of a product. So had this inspired idea last night, was chatting with someone in the DMs on Instagram and was like, ooh, we are recording this. The short answer is no, TV did not make your child autistic. And so this pediatrician posted this post basically saying the short answer is no, talking about parent blame and guilt with all of that. And I reshared it into my stories and I was like, where the hell did this even come from? Like, what? And the thing is, I listen a lot to the community of parents. I read a lot of research. I also listen to the autistic community. And I was like, this isn't something I've heard a lot, but I have heard lingering. And so this mom DM'd me last night and she was like, it actually came from and I won't name names here, but this speech therapist talks about how harmful TV is all the time and basically saying that TV time is causing autism. My mind is just like, it is blown. Like what? <laughs> if that was the case, first off, don't you think then we would all of a sudden be reevaluating TV? Okay, I won't get off on that tangent, but we're going to talk about actually how TV today could be beneficial for your autistic child and for you and how we can leverage it as well in a way that is actually going to help to promote your child's development. And so I want you to know going into this episode, there is no shame here. We're not going to make you feel guilty. If you need that that mental break, I'm going to encourage you to take it. So let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode. Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, a licensed child psychologist and parental coach specializing in neurodiversity affirming care. I have supported hundreds of autistic children and their families and have been in the autism field for over a decade. And I know firsthand the impact autism can have. I was 12 years old when my little brother was diagnosed and my family had to learn how to navigate the autism journey. It wasn't always easy. Two decades later, I now create resources and services I wish my family had, including this podcast. And I developed the whole family approach to support your whole family and not just your autistic child. On this podcast, of course, we will talk about autism, but we will also talk about your personal growth and well-being as a parent supporting your non-autistic children, and sharing personal stories of other families so you know you're not alone. Quick disclaimer before we jump into today's episode. Anything shared on this podcast should not be considered clinical advice, and you should consult with your team of medical, mental health, and developmental providers if you need support. Now, let's get to talking about TV and autism. So like I said at the top of this episode, the short and simple answer is no. TV time did not cause your child to be autistic. One little side caveat that I'm going to say is the causes of autism, 
they're really complicated. We don't have a full understanding of what truly causes autism. We know that there is a genetic basis to it based on looking at siblings and twins, and they have identified some of the genes, but they also definitely have not identified all of the genes. And so we don't really know. We also know that there are environmental aspects and elements that it can increase your child's likelihood. But even that, we want to be careful. We don't want to say that this one thing causes autism. That would mean that if we removed that thing, that all of a sudden autism would go away. And it's just not that simple. It's really complicated. And so that's the thing. If we really knew that TV caused autism, we probably would make some shifts. But I also want to say this. Here's the thing is we really are shifting towards this understanding that autism is just simply a different way of your child's brain thinking. And we're not trying to pathologize it as much. We're not trying to make it out to be this bad thing that we have to cure or get rid of. Basically, when posts like this go out, what it's saying is you let your kid watch TV, you cause your kid's autism. This is all your fault. Like, what? 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 That is freaking absurd. Completely absurd. And again, it's not that simple. But also, can we stop shaming parents? Can we stop creating guilt, especially with misinformation? We're going to actually talk about today why I think TV can be something that is incorporated into your child's routine. So one of the things that I do want to cite really quick is the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, does recommend that children under the age of two don't have any media use. So that is what is recommended. I will say as a provider, as a clinician, and I do work with kids that are under two years of age, I think it all comes down to balance. It all comes down to moderation. And also the manner in which your child is consuming electronics is one thing. The other thing, I just want to read this to you really quick. This was a article in Pediatrics. is a really prestigious research journal, and it's literally the official journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics. This was an article literally talking about the use of media by children younger than two years. And I do want to give this disclaimer. This is actually from 2011. So I would bet that the stats have gone even up further given how society's changed and access and all of that. But 90% of parents reported that their children younger than two years of age watch some form of electronic media, 90%. And so if you are in that, just know you're doing what the majority of parents are doing. But let's actually talk about how you can use TV to be beneficial for your autistic child. Because what we do know, there are risk factors. It can lead to things like sleep problems, especially if your kid is using any type of screen late at night. So that might be some time that you look at tempering the access to it. We do know that it can lead to reduced socialization. We also know there are problems around exposure, like what are your kids being exposed to on screen time? And so this is where as a parent, carefully monitoring that I think becomes really important. We also know that TV time 
can relate in screen time in general, can relate to things like mental health, physical activity. And so there are those associations. But the thing with this is moderation, I think, ultimately becomes the most important element of this. And also monitoring how much time is your child getting access to screens. But again, I want to really focus on some of the benefits, so to speak. I want to flip this entire topic on his head. And it's fun because I had a conversation with this mom who messaged me in DMs. We went back and forth about some of this for a while. So first and foremost, we do know that and autistic children, autistic adults have even reported this, that there is some regulatory element of screen time sometimes, that it actually can help to down-regulate your child and help to get them more in control of their body and how their brain is thinking and not have that intensity. I'm not saying it should be a replacement for other forms of emotion regulation, but I do think it's important to think about if your child is learning to self-regulate, if they need a little bit of that time in order to not get to 10 out of 10. Is that something, and this is where I'm not going to make a recommendation here. This is something actually in therapy and working with families, we talk through and we strategize and problem solve, but you have to decide how does it work for your family. You don't want your child on a tablet or in front of a screen for hours upon hours a day, but there could be some of it that it could be one of your child's forms of self-regulation. And before you're like, oh no, hell no, which I know, I know some of you are thinking that right now. I want to tell you, as adults, we do this. I want you to imagine going into a group setting where you don't know anyone. Maybe it's some sort of event or something you have to go to, or you're with someone, but they're off talking with someone. You are standing by yourself. What often happens is we pull out our phones and we scroll. Maybe on social media, we look at email, we check text because it makes us look busy. Well, guess what, y'all? That's a form of self-regulation because what we're doing in that moment is maybe we feel a little awkward. Maybe we feel a little anxious in this setting, not talking to anyone, not knowing where to look. You're overthinking things. And so you pull out your phone and that's a socially appropriate form of regulation in a setting like that, right? Of course, there's settings that it's not, but we do this as adults all the time or wind down time at night. How many of you are in your bed, like scrolling and watching TikTok or Instagram and using that as part of your wind down time or watching TV. Again, as adults, we do this. And so we cannot stigmatize it for children if we don't stigmatize it for ourselves. That's kind of a double standard. Again, I'm not saying your child gets unlimited screen time, but it's just something to flip the script on its head, so to speak. Another thing that it can be incredibly beneficial for, and I just want to lay this out, is parental mental health, parental mental well-being. And y'all know I talk about the whole family approach and how this podcast isn't designed just to talk about your autistic child and teach you parenting things. It's also here for yourself because what we know is that when you are in a healthier place mentally, you feel less stressed. You feel like you're you're processing through your emotions effectively. Not only are you modeling that for your children, but you also are going to have so much more capacity to give them. And so tablet time, screen time, video game time, 
sometimes is the exact break that parents need in order to be able to rejuvenate themselves. So maybe it's, hey, this is one way that I know reliably my child will sit there and, you know, I don't have to worry about what they're doing so I can go take a shower, right? You got to take a shower at some point. Or maybe it's just, I need to check out right now. Like my child is making so many sounds and talking and while I love it, and both things can be true, while you love it, and it can also be overstimulating, right? I love it and it's overstimulating. Both of those things can be true. And so this is a really important element is giving yourself that break, that mental bandwidth. And I often see this as one of the primary reasons that parents use screen time. And I want to give you permission, not that you need it, but I do think it can be helpful sometimes to hear like, it is okay for that to be a reason that you are using screen time. Because if you otherwise are just going through this process of constantly being the entertainer for your child, I mean, that, that is going to be stressful. That's going to be overloading. And you're also more likely to hit your limits in those interactions. So take the mental break, make it intentional. And there's just some days that are going to feel really off. And it's like, okay, my kid's going to watch a movie that I know it's pre-approved. Or one thing I see with some of the families I work with, when their kid is homesick from daycare or whatnot or preschool, it's like, oh my gosh, I still have to show up and do my job. Or also the opposite, the parent is sick. This is one of the ways that you can be able to create some time, again, where you're not having to be the entertainer. And it is okay for your child not to always be led by an adult through all of these activities. That is okay. I promise you that's the thing, like your child is going to still turn out exactly the way they're supposed to. They're still going to progress. You're still going to see skill development. And going back to the topic, like it's not causing autism. If anything, I think it can reduce the stress and strain in a family that has an autistic child to really create a little bit more, more balance, so to speak. And also then knowing that you then have more capacity to give. All right, that's all I'm going to say on that one, but I think it's a really important one. The last piece that I want to talk about is actually how for autistic children, TV can be an amazing educator. Yeah, you heard that right. I'm saying that TV or games can be an amazing educator. Real quick, just a brief interruption, because I want you to know you don't have to navigate this journey alone. If you're in a place where you have concerns about your child's development, you've been on the search for a therapist that provides evidence-based neurodiversity affirming care, or you're needing more support as a parent, the whole family approach may be a good fit for you. Autism doesn't just impact your child's life, so you deserve care that works for your child and your whole family. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary call where we can chat about your unique circumstances. We can help you decide if Dr. Tay concierge clinical care would be a good fit for your family. And if not, we will provide you resources for your next best steps. First off, there have started to be different games, for example, or different apps and tools that are literally designed 
for neurodivergent youth. The Mightier app, I have not personally vetted it, but I know a psychologist who talks about it a lot. And it's to help with effective emotion regulation. There was recently another patient I was doing an evaluation on, and he was telling me about this game called Dreamscape. And they actually use it in his school. And he Loved it. And it actually created opportunities for us to practice conversation. And he was really engaged, but it's educational in nature. And so I think that is really, really interesting as well. So there are these different games that are designed for more educational or more learning purposes. So that's one thing. Another thing is one of the things that we actually know about the majority of autistic children is they are what are called gestalt language processors, meaning they actually learn language by hearing it from other people. And then it's more scripted at first. And over time, it does become more generalizable. But this could be true of your child, either now or in the past, if you saw what we call a lot of echolalia, where they're repeating things back, or they're repeating lines from movies, things like that. So gestalt language processing. And this was one of the things the mom in the DM said to me, and I've seen this firsthand in my clinical work is gestalt language processors, it actually can be great for them to learn language and learn different ways of communication. Disney movies can be really good for that. I have a two and a half year old patient right now, loves Disney movies, is saying so much more because of the scenes that he's heard. And as a result, it's gotten him more engaged with his parents as well. Daniel the Tiger, Miss Rachel. Oh my gosh, I love Miss Rachel. And I think it just can be so productive as a way for kids to learn language. The other thing on the learning side is autistic children sometimes don't learn best with one-to-one sitting in front of them, talking at them. And so it could be something visual. We know that autistic children are strong visual processors and screen time often brings in that visual component. Also, if social interaction is challenging, right? They're having to work that much harder interacting with you to learn. So it can be an alternate form of how children learn as well. And then the lastly, I want you to think about this. Screen time and TV in particular, and Miss Rachel is the one I really, I think this is true. Sit down with your child. I did talk about how it can be a great break for parental mental health, or maybe you're paying attention and you can pull in some of the sequences, but at other times go sit down with your child and watch what they're watching and incorporate some of those quote unquote routines into your everyday interactions, particularly if they're young. So Miss Rachel has a song and it's actually really funny. I went to my family's house. They live in North Carolina on the beach and my dog Charlotte can be a little stubborn. If you guys didn't know, I have a four and a half pound Yorkie. She's the sweetest thing ever, but she has a personality. When she decides it's no, it's no. And she will sit down and she will not budge on walks in. And I couldn't remember why I was singing this, but this is an example. I started singing to her, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And I was like, where did I get this from? Walking, walking, walking. And I just knew it was from something, but she would not walk in the direction of the wind. So once we finally turned around, then she walked home again, really stubborn. But then I think a week or two later, 
I was at my patient's house. If you're local to me in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania region, one of the services I offer through my concierge private practice is I will offer in-home sessions or in-school sessions. And so I was in this family's home and we went on a walk as part of our intervention session because keep in mind the type of intervention I do is very naturalistic in nature, meaning we want it to feed into your everyday activities. So we're going for a walk. All of a sudden, the mom starts singing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's where it's from. You sing it all the time. And then she's like, yeah, I got it from Miss Rachel. And so that's the thing. She's watching Miss Rachel with her son as a way to learn what Miss Rachel is teaching and then incorporating it into everyday activities and keeping those routines going. So that is the other thing is it can be a really helpful component. It's familiar to your child, especially if it's engaging for your child. You can pull the things that they're doing and learning and experiencing in screen time into your everyday interactions. In short, TV did not make your child autistic. It's not that simple. And as a provider, I actually see a lot of benefits of TV and screen time like we talked about today. I hope you found some value out of this. And I hope I just broke down a controversial topic for you. I think it's controversial because, again, I don't even understand why we're having this conversation. But the biggest thing that I want to remind you of is let the shame go, let the guilt go. And I know that's easier said than done, but there is nothing that you did to cause your child's autism. This is how they were born, how their brain was built. Like not only from a genetic perspective, all of this was happening as they were growing. You know, if you are a mom who carried your baby as they were growing in your belly, and this was the way that they are meant to be designed. And I think we need to start viewing autism in that way, which I've talked a lot about on this podcast. And that doesn't mean that there's not days that are hard. It doesn't mean that there aren't feelings that you need to process through regarding your child's diagnosis. And at the same time, it really is learning to accept that this is just how your child's brain was designed and nothing that you did caused it. And I think parenting is hard enough. We also don't need to be bringing elements in that are shaming you as parents that are making you feel guilty. And truly, I think moderation is important for screen time. Like we talked about today, it can be regulating. It can be a great opportunity for your mental health, and it can be a great learning mechanism, whether that's learning different skills, whether that's learning language, or taking routines that are engaging and fun for your child and integrating them into everyday activities. The other thing that I just realized I didn't say is there can be a social nature. I talked about it for young kids, but even for older kids, gaming, like Minecraft is this thing right now where it's, it's so popular and then kids can do it together. It's a common interest. It's a way for your child to be able to relate to peers with similar interests. And that is skill building in itself. So, all right, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening. Before we wrap up this episode, for real this time, I want to share a couple ways you can get even more value and what your next steps could be. First, join the Evolve Facebook group. We do Q&As about the episodes and so much more. I linked that group, my personal social media pages, and any resources I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. So scroll down now and join me online. 
When you submit questions on any of my pages, your question could be featured on this podcast. How cool is that? I love being able to speak on topics that feel directly relevant to your life. Your questions truly make a difference in the content we create here. One last thing, do your fellow autism parents a favor. Share this episode on your social media and tag me. Autism currently affects one in 36 families in the United States and many more worldwide. So I'm sure there is a parent in your social media followers that could be served by this podcast. Thank you again for being here. And I'm so grateful we shared this time together. Bye y'all.